inspiration, dedication, leaders of a new generation, teamwork, make the dream work, building God's kingdom, know that she works, legacy, it's her destiny, she's on a mission to change the course of history, have you seen her, you should queen her, listen when the queen speaks on your speakers. Welcome to the Queen Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Elle Clark, and today I'm here with Caitlin. She's the author of My Freedom Box. She's an inspirational speaker and confidence mentor. Caitlin, welcome to the Queen Speaks podcast. Hi. How are you? Hello, everybody. I am I am great. I'm great. So nice to hear your voice on today. So, Caitlin, your story is one that is so inspiring. You know, the theme that comes to mind when I think about your story is the immigrant's voyage. You were born in Haiti and later migrated to the U.S. Tell us about your life during that time. My life as as far as um, Haiti? Yes, and then migrating to the U.S. So, yes, um, well, my life was... I would like to say my life was, um, it was pretty rough. It was very, very, very rough, actually. Um, so I am from the Providence of Haiti, like one of the provinces in Haiti. So it's more like the country, country, countryside. Um, okay. Haiti, where we didn't have the electricity, um, you know, all of the necessary, you know, like the necessary things that, you know, that, that would be like in a city. We didn't have, um, our house was made out of mud. We washed our clothes in the river. Um, we also drank from that same river. <laughs> um, so it was very, very, very country. Very. And um, migrating to the US, I came here at the age of 10 um, to be um, reunited with my father. And so that's pretty much like how that went. So from birth to the age of 10, I was in Haiti, and then I migrated to America. Oh, wow, what an amazing story. You know, sometimes we, you know, we look at people and we see the outcome because you're so beautiful, so confident, but we don't know the things that you would have had to walk through to get to the point that you're at today. So I just want to say congratulations to you for how far you've came. Come. Well, it's all by the grace of God. This, I, I know, I know. We're getting to that. We're going to get to that. So, Caitlin, so tell me something. Okay, I know that um, you mentioned that I think it was at the age of seven where, where you experienced molestation, and I think that's during the time that your mother died. How did you, how, you know, as a seven-year-old, your mother died, like, how were you able to deal with all of that at that young age? You know, now that I look back um, at back at me at seven. The honest truth is, um, sometimes in our lives, like we, we, we believe that we're, we've done what we needed to do in our own. But looking back now, God was always with me. Yes. And that's me just being completely honest. Like he was always with me. I did not know where I found the inner strength that I had at the age of seven to be able to endure such um so many obstacles but for some reason i just felt like what didn't break me would would eventually make me stronger at the age of seven i, I knew 
Um, because like Caribbean seven-year-olds are different from like American seven-year-olds, you know, kids in America, you know? So at the age of four, I was like cooking and cleaning for myself, like, you know, um, trying to survive. So at seven, I was pretty much like, you know, I had a sense of my surrounding. I had a sense of, um, this is what I need to do to survive. So. I was pretty mature for a seven-year-old, I would say. Wow, wow. So today I see you are a very confident person. Um, I love the spirit that you carry. How were you able to embrace all of you? You know, your heritage, your self-worth, your own beauty after everything you've experienced? Well, I would say that, um, um, as I stated earlier, there's nothing that I do that I can actually give myself credit for. Yes. Um, after giving myself um, over, just giving my life over to Jesus Christ. Um, everything that I am today is because of him. I, I can't I can't really ever say that I've gotten here today on my own. Um, I had a major source and he led me and guided me through all the steps of my life really. Um, confidence, is the confidence that you see within me today is through Christ. <laughs> um, the way that I am today is only through Christ. Like I can't not say, I can't really tell anyone that this is what I've done because honestly, <laughs> it's all him really. Awesome. You know? Awesome. Yes, definitely, definitely. Because a lot of times we think that we that the things that we doing is on our own strength, but it has nothing to do with us. Whether you're saved or unsafe, because the Bible says you reign on the just and the unjust. And so everything that we do, whether people give him credit for it or not, it's all because of God. It's all because of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made for us. So I, I you are your faith is so, you know, it's so amazing. Um, to hear a young woman, you know, give it all to God. And I think it's so refreshing, you know, when we understand who the true source is and it's not because no, we're not self-made. We are only here because of him. So I think that is so awesome. Yes, very true. So awesome. Now, what are three misconceptions people have about Haitians or people of Haitian descent? I want you to educate us today. Yes, so the very first thing, that's a really good question, by the way. So the very first thing that I would get um, for me is um, when people meet me, first of all, they wouldn't think I'm Haitian. So they would say, um, oh, so what are you like? Are you from like some type of exotic um, island? Like, where are you from? And I would just let them guess. And they would they would not guess Haiti. They would just go too far, too far. You know, the Chinese would mix something. Japanese maybe mix with something. And when I would say Haitian, they'll be like, really? But you don't look Haitian. And to me, that's like, what do you mean I don't look Haitian? Do you know what Haitians look like? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Wow, wow, wow. Now, I've heard that. Let me stick a pin right there. I've heard that a lot of times. And I think even in my own ignorance, I probably would have said that a few times as well. What when you hear that, what does that what does that do to you? How does that make you feel when people say that? Because a lot of times you're saying that out of ignorance. Right. But to me, it makes me feel like that's like you meeting someone in your life. You've meeting you are meeting me for the first time and you're like, oh, so you're a woman. I didn't know you were a woman. Yeah. Wow, you don't look like one. 
<laughs> you know, uh-huh. to me, it's like, come on, like, if I say that I'm, if you're, if you're, um, if we're talking, and you figured based on, you know, my accent may slip or whatever the case may be, just, I would think it would be proper to just say, where are you from? Yeah. yeah. You know, and then let me say, oh, I'm from Haiti. And then you could say, wow, that's nice. Oh, that's beautiful. Whatever the case, you, you know, whatever you want to say, but just don't just add your own, you know, like add yeah. your own emotions to how someone feels. Like for me, really honestly, it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> I'm not defined by people, what people say. However, for the for the ones who are listening, like don't get upset when people, you know, as you say, out of ignorance, they don't know. But I think it would be polite to just ask the person, like, you know, where are you from? And like, give the person time to to say where they're from. And any comment that doesn't sound nice, yeah. you should just keep it to yourself. Um, to say that I don't look I don't look Haitian, that is like so it's so it's huge. And the reason why it's huge is because there are most Haitians are like um, like migrated from like Africa. So I get that you look very African, like you look African. So I get that a lot, but just respect the fact that I said I'm Haitian. If I want to add more to it, I will. If not, then I don't, you know? Yeah. So it's all on just respecting one another and the culture. That's powerful. Okay, so that's one misconception. What's the next one? The next one would be, um, they would say, oh, so, um, so Haitians, they're like, they're really like into like witchcraft. They do a lot of work, right? <laughs> and I'm like, well, in America, we call it black magic, white magic, witches, right? Yeah. And in Africa, it has different names. They're also they also have places that they call it voodoo. Um, in the Bahamas, they have different places, you know, yeah. different names for it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, is people serve Satan. That's just, that's what that is. So whatever name you want to call it to make it sound beautiful, it is what it is. So there's many places that, you know, I think of Haiti, the way Haiti, um, the way we are as people, it's like there's a group of people, yes, they do worship, you know, uh, Satan, they do witchcraft. And then there's another group of people that worships the Lord. So it's like a a strong balance in Haiti, (laughs) you know, like, it's either you for the devil or you're not. But just because I'm from Haiti, it doesn't mean that, you know, we all do witchcraft. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say my family doesn't do it. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying you know, we all don't do witchcraft. witchcraft. So that's yeah. be another thing that should come out of your mouth. Like when you meet someone like, oh, it's just they do witchcraft, right? I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> tell me how you really feel. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so that's another one and um my favorite dealing with like especially like what i do um Mm -hmm. as far as like helping the women with confidence Mm -hmm. and stuff they'll say you know what um i've heard like one or two people in my lifetime Mm -hmm. they they mentioned like you don't dress like a haitian person oh wow oh my goodness wow okay (laughs) okay well, come with your strong card. All right. Um, yeah. So there are so many cultures out here in this world. Yeah. Um, I don't think you should just look at somebody and just say they don't dress like such, but you don't know what the culture is about. 
So, how, how would one know what Haitian stress like? Please explain. <laughs> like, I just want you to, and then yeah. they'll try to. They'll be like, well, you know, like, they are, you know, they, I literally had someone that told me, you know, they're, you know, like, with their clothes pattern, like, they, like, I guess kind of like don't care. They put the patterns together, and it's just I'm just looking at that person like, oh, wow, <laughs> just oh, <laughs> like uh, there's such conversations you should not, you should just not have with people. So <laughs> I was just like, yeah, wow, um, thank, jeez, yeah, I gave no answer to that one. I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness listen thank you so much for schooling us listen listeners um please it's rude it's insensitive it's and you know if you're meeting someone for the first time at least try to strike up a proper conversation and let them begin to tell you a little bit more about themselves instead of you trying to figure out who they are and then you coming out looking like a fool it does not make any sense so Caitlin thank you so much for sharing that with us but let's get into your book listen queen congratulations on my freedom box tell us a little bit more about that thank you thank you so much um so freedom box my freedom box mm -hmm. my freedom box um Someone once told me, they were like, oh, so I love the title of this book, My Freedom Box. They were like, but it's kind of like a like oxymoron type of thing. And I just kind of looked at them and smiled because the book is called My Freedom Box. And people would assume like, oh, okay, so it's like a box that this person was freed from. Or, but she said My Freedom Box, so I don't get it. Like, is she, how is she free and she's in a box? So for me, I would start off by explaining like my freedom box. I gave my life to Christ, so therefore I'm free, right? Um, however, there were so many, so many wounds that needed to be healed from my past. There were so many things that needed to be um, touched. Um, there are so many boxes within that box that needed to be opened so God could come in and just heal those spaces. So I felt free because I gave my life to Christ. However, I still felt like I was in a box. Um, and I knew this box brought me freedom, but I just needed to go and tap into each wound to get those each individual wounds healed. So that is where the title, My Freedom Box, came about. Um, of course, VI, yeah, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, and as far as the book itself, I... I wrote the book really like in um, three hours. Oh wow. I wrote the book in three hours. And the reason for that was because I wrote, um, I was part of a book, um, a compilation book. So I kind of gave a little bit about my story. So I just took that piece and added on to this book, which I told my whole story. Um, I never knew, I never wanted to tell my story because um, it's a tough story. Um, though I was healed from it, but it's like, you have to talk about the people that were involved and make yeah. it in a way where you're not speaking ill of them, but mm -hmm. letting them, but still be able to tell your story because it is your story. Yeah. So it took me a while to um, process that. But when I figured after a while that if I don't tell my story, there are so many women that are waiting. There are so many women that I'm assigned to 
and they're waiting for me to open my mouth. And all my life I've been muted. Um, so I had to get to a point where you're saved, you're healed. So now what are you gonna do with it? This, everything that, that happened to you didn't happen for you, for you only, it happened for you to open doors to other women to be able to tell their story. So once I understood that and processed that, then it was easy for me to just tell my story, my whole story, the, the true story, nothing but the story and don't leave a piece out. So this, this book was birthed through perseverance. It was birthed through the love for Christ. It was built, it was just, it was written from a space of, not only a healed space, but it was a space of, Lord, use me however you see fit. That's what I would have to say. That's really powerful. Now, you know, I want to go back to something that um, I read. You said that, you know, transitioning from, when you transitioned from Haiti to the U.S., you know, there were a lot of obstacles that you had to face in the U.S. You know, and many of us, you know, we're of the mindset that, you know what, once you get to the U.S., all of my dreams are going to come true and things are going to be so much better as opposed to where I came from. Was that how it was that your case or did you meet a different devil, the same devil, just in a different country? I would say it was the same devil, but just different country. <laughs> um, from the moment I came here, um, I came here not really knowing like the people here. I didn't know my father. I didn't know, I didn't know anyone. Um, I was just boarded on a plane by myself at the age of 10 to come to America. So coming here alone, like the, the trip to, to America was already like a, a very lonely, scary trip because at the age of 10, nobody should drop off their 10 year old to an airport with a language barrier. Um, so that was my journey. So I so didn't- So you weren't able to speak English at the time? No, I spoke only Creole. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah, scary. so my journey, mm-hmm. So my journey from Haiti to America, it didn't start in America. It started when I left Haiti, boarded a plane to come to America. So I left Haiti with the, with all of those scars and rejection and abandonment. And then I was boarded on a plane by myself. So more rejection and abandonment to come to America. So I came to America with all of the, all of the, all of the skeletons that followed me. <laughs> so I just came in with it. Um, so I wasn't really expecting anything different to tell you the truth because um, just the fact that they put me on the plane by myself, I already knew that it was going to be probably the same or worse. Like, so coming here, um, like I said, I didn't expect much. I didn't expect better. Um, all I hoped for was clean water and some type of food, some kind of food um, to eat, but I didn't expect anything, um, to be honest. <laughs> it's amazing some of the things that we take for granted, other people see as, you know, if they would only, if they only were able to have that. And we take so many things for granted, not realizing that we have brothers and sisters in different countries um, that are experiencing um, less than what we have and would just be grateful for what we have 
and the things that we have, we still aren't showing our gratitude and appreciation because we're just interested in getting more and more and more and more and understanding how much we already have. And so listen, your determination and everything that you've experienced is so, you know, the emotions are so overwhelming because you went through so much. But I know that God has allowed you to walk through it because he know that you were able to bear it and share it. And so, oh my goodness, I just praise God for you and everything that you do. Thank you. So, Thank you. So what advice would you give to, you know, immigrants who have walked a similar path as you, who, who you know, have dreams of, of going to the U.S. or who are already in the U.S.? Um, you know, what advice would you give them to stay the course to realize their dreams? Because I know that sometimes, you know, there, there are obstacles that are in our way. There are things that are rooting against us. Um, so how, you know, what advice would you give them to stay the course? You know what? Um, in, the, in the course of my life, um, I think I was like 19, and um, I met this lady, and she told me, she didn't even know me. Um, she just asked me, like, you know, what is a um, beautiful young lady like you doing, you know, on the street? And I told her, you know, well, you know, my father kicked me out and stuff like that. And she said, um, she looked at me and she said, um, God will never put too much on you that you can't carry. And I looked at her at the time like, what, lady? I am homeless. Like, what you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? And why are you talking to me about God? Are you talking about, why are you talking about the one who allowed all of these things to happen to me? Like, I don't want to hear that. And um, she looked at me and she was like, listen to me. He would never put too much on you and you cannot carry. And I was like, trust me, I've carried you. And I'm, look at me right now, I'm on the street. So trust me, he don't care. And she was like, he does, he does. And um, years later, I can tell you that for anyone who is a migrant, you know, I'm speaking to all my Caribbeans, anyone who um, interested in um, trying to get their papers um, legal, legally, um, that are trying to, that are living with people, family members who are mistreating them, I'm speaking to you. Um, but the ones who um, endured many, many, many abuse from people that promised to help you to, you know, in this beautiful place called America. And all you've been getting is the opposite, just abuse and um, obstacles after obstacles, I would tell you the very thing that if I told myself back then, I probably would have sucked my teeth like a whole Caribbean woman. <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> I, would tell my, I would tell you, seriously, hold on. When we hear those two words, it's like, I'm holding on, but I'm about to fall. Hold on. It gets better. Don't stop. Just keep moving. I am not going to give you any deep, you know, philosophy. I'm giving you basic. Hold on. Keep moving. Put one foot in front of the other. Just keep moving. Because I'm speaking from my own private, personal journey. I kept moving. I kept moving. I did not stay in that one spot. Yes, of course, poverty, 
hunger, death, all of it came, depression, all of it came, but I kept moving. And eventually there was a different land that God had for me with different opportunities. And when I say opportunities, I'm speaking healing, I'm speaking materialistic things, I'm speaking freedom, freedom from it all. So just keep moving. It looks ugly. You're sad. You're probably depressed. But I just need you to just open your mouth and just say what you need to say to God. And just keep moving. That's what I would say. Just keep moving. Now, you know, I one of the questions I like to kind of end with is, what were you in the first... What were you first in your family to do? Because a lot of times, you know, when we are so focused on all the things that hasn't happened for us or what, what we're standing in now, we kind of forget about all this, all the victories that God has already given us. And so just thinking about what you've already done and for others who are listening to hear you um, say what you are the first in your family do can give so many people hope. So Katie and I ask that question to you. What were you the first in your family to do? Well, let me start off with my very clear voice and say, <clears throat> I am the first, the first Jesus lover in my family. Thank you, Jesus. Generational already. Thank you, thank you. Um, and um, man, I'm like the first, really, honestly, I'm the first, like, everything, like, as far as, like, in Christ. I'm the first one to give my life to Christ like fully live for him um i'm the first to tell my story because in the caribbeans we don't believe we believe in whatever happens in our home stays in our home so i'm the first to break silence wow so that's huge by itself yes it is very huge by itself so i'm the first to break silence i am the first to break silence what does that mean my future generations after me won't have to deal with this anymore. Yes. Yes. I am the first to write a book. Right. Actually, two books now. Um, they published all over the world. Um, I am the first to... Man, I'm like the first to everything, honestly. <laughs> I'm the first to be married in Christ. I am the first to... Um, have the family that God desired for us to have and raise the children the way that he wanted us to raise Amen. the children. I am the first to um, have a great marriage. Amen. A Christ-centered marriage. Amen. I am the first to be the first... First of all, I'm the first classy woman in my family. Hey, <laughs> hello! <laughs> Give myself some, you know, some credit over here. Um... I, and when I say classy, I'm not just talking about like what I wear or anything. I'm talking about the way that I be, the woman that I have become today. Um, I am the first. I am, I am the first to like truly love as Christ loves his church. I'm the first to know how to forgive. I am the first to, um, really truly give a helping hand without wanting anything in return i'm just the first i'm the first wow 
And that feels good coming out, eh? Saying that, eh? Doesn't it? It feels first. Yes. really good. I'm the first. I'm the first. I am the first. Hashtag, I'm the first. Yes, I am the first. Yes, yes, yes. So, Kayleen, how can people connect with you? I'm sorry? How can people connect with you? Um, yes, you can um, connect with me through um, Instagram. It is sincerely Cat V. Um, or you can just Google me, Kathleen Victor. Um, all of my social medias is under the same name. So um, Instagram is Sincerely Cat B. Um, my YouTube channel is under Sincerely Cat B. My um, everything is under Sincerely Cat B. Um, S I N C E R E L Y K A T V. Cat B. So that's how anyone and everyone can get in touch with me. And thank you so much for being a part of the Queen Speaks podcast. Listen, you brought a word today and um, your story is so powerful. I pray that God continues to expand your borders and, and he begins to use your voice in countries where you've never stepped foot in. I pray God's richest blessings will be your marriage, your children, and I pray that you continue to be the first in your family to do great exploits for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And thank you so much for this um, for this interview. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Amazing. Talk to you later, Queen. Hey, I'm Elle Clark, the host of the Queen Speaks podcast. If you'd like to advertise with us or be a guest on our show, email us at hello at iamqueenmagazine.com.